You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Welcome to the second Green Dragon list episode. I'm Jeremy, and I've got a lot of lists to go through today, requesting from listeners quite a while ago. Sorry about that, listeners. Uh, the lists still are relevant. They're still appropriate. Hopefully, they're good fun to play. We've got Elves of Holland. We've got lists from Fornost, the Field of Calibrant, Mirkwood. We've got some Radagast Bayorn action with the lists. We've got a tournament list. So, basically, I've gone for a, a very competitive Lothlorien list. Then some Bree lists, both good and evil actually. Dol Amroth, Bywater, Agmar, Smaug, Eastlings, Bree, some Moria lists, Harrod, and another evil list for specifically for tournaments. This time I've gone for Corsairs. So we've got quite a packed episode. I'll get right into it. Here is our first list, the Elves of Holland. Elf and Dwarf Alliance, 800 points. Declan has requested quite a few lists for this episode, and his first one is a Holland Alliance, so a Gate of Holland Alliance between Elves and Dwarves, specifically Calibrimbor. So someone to take on Calibrimbor and have that trade alliance that it would have had with the dwarves because Calibrimbor was a bit of a creator and, and made the rings and things like that. So at this one, we've got an 800-point list. So this is a reasonably standard size for, for us. I'm not so sure about other people. Hopefully it is as well. So we've gone for a typical four warband configuration. First of all, we've got the elves. So for Calibrimbor, I, I'm denied about high elf captains for a while, but I just don't think they're quite there for someone of his stature. So I've gone for Glorfindel, Lord of the West, with the armor of Gondolin. Now, it's not quite a perfect match, but I think it's reasonably close. It's uh, Glorfindel's as close as we have to a, a sort of an elf lord generic profile, not just a, an elf captain. Um, Elrond and some of the others, um, Gilgalad, are a bit specific. So Glorfindel is the way to go here. He's cost quite a bit and he's not mounted. So it's a lot to go into on an infantry model, but it's a good one. He leads... A high elf with the full banner kit, so spear and shield, until they change those rules if they do. And then we've got three high elf warriors with spear and shield, two with the elven blade, and three with elf bow. So there's a mixture in that warband. The next warband's very similar. It's got a high elf captain with shield, so name him as you will. It's got four high elf warriors with spear and shield, two with elven blade, and three with elf bow. So I've gone for a bit heavier on the spear shield, because they're, I think, the more valuable ones. Elf bows are important as well. Then for the Durance folks part of this, I've taken a Dwarf King with throwing axes and a two-handed weapon. So the Dwarf King I thought was an appropriate profile for someone who was trading with Celebrimbor. And the Dwarf Kings were the ones that had the rings as well, so that makes a lot of sense. He's leading four Iron Guard and two Kazakh Guard. So he's got a small warband, only six. And they're very much an elite guard, the two Kazakh Guard and the four Iron Guard. Nice little warband, actually. Then the next one is a shield bearer. So the shield bearer gets all kinds of benefits for being near the Dwarf King, namely free heroic combats. And he's got a Dwarf Warrior with shield and banner, five Dwarf Warriors with shield, and six Dwarf Warriors with Dwarf bow. So it's an infantry-heavy list. You've got one really big hero in Glorfindel. You've got two banners, so you can fight in a lot of places. You've got the High Elves, who can run through woods pretty well. You've got a good amount of shooting. 
So you've got six high elf warriors with elf bow. You've got six dwarf warriors with elf bow. Uh, not elf bow. Six dwarf warriors with dwarf bow, surprisingly. And then some throwing weapons with the Iron Guard and the Dwarf King. So it's a bit of an all-round list. Nothing too fancy, but it should be good fun to play at. It's got a decent amount of models. So 40 models at 800 for a high fight army is pretty good. So that, that could be a good fun one to play with, Declan. So hopefully you enjoy that list. In terms of tactics, it's a pretty standard um, get into a shield wall type list. If you can fight in terrain, absolutely do it. Try to make sure Glorfindel gets into a lot of combats. Uh, use the heroes to take on anything big. Heroic actions to take on cavalry and, and away you go. Fornost Alliance, 800 points. Another list request from Declan was for a Fornost Good Army. So this is where we've got the Gondor coming with the cavalry, trying to, to help out with an infantry elf army. Should be a good fun army to use. So what we've got here is the King of Men. So a King of Men on the Gondor side of it with armored horse, heavy armor, lance, and shield. So pretty much a full kit. Obviously not a named hero, not the same level as a Boromir, but a good handy hero that's that's pretty well armored and can do a lot of things. He leads four warriors of Minas Tirith with bow and eight knights of Minas Tirith with shield. So a good knight regiment. So the knights came and helped out at Fornos, the knights of Gondor. They were in the stories. I couldn't do an entire knight army, I don't think, and make it a nice 800 points. So I've just gone for the eight there. And sometimes I've been playing around with putting the bow warriors in with the knights. Because what you can do is set up so that your archers are where they want to be. And the knights almost always go in reserve or run around. They've got the speed to go wherever they want. So the nice thing about this is you don't have to put your archers where your infantry is. If there's some sort of objective or some sort of deployment where you want to draw people away, you could throw your four archers there, your cavalry immediately evacuates, and the archers just stand there and, and take shots or capture objectives or whatever. So it's a real configuration that I'm enjoying at the moment. So the the bows in with the the, the fast-moving stuff, and then basically they leave them behind. Warband 2, the second Gondor warband, is a captain of Minas Tirith with shield. So the infantry captain with Minas Tirith shield. This is a really good model. It's really good for just running into something big and holding it up. A warrior Minas Tirith with the banner, and he's got spear shield this time. Seems to be what people are taking. And I've gone through what is also one of my my favorite warbands at the moment, is 11 identical warriors with shield and spear. So this is just the most solid infantry block you'll get doesn't have any fight for in it, doesn't have anything fancy, because I didn't think that it's time to take in all the fancy troops from a theme point of view. But it can just be deployed between two bits of terrain and just takes a long time to get through. There's no sort of silliness where you have to make sure the shield guys are in the front or the spears are in the back. You've paid for extra spears, so you can change your formation in any way. You can guard against any side. It's a really nice... Warband in terms of flexibility. I've been playing a lot with it with the Gundabad Orcs, and that's what I've lent to is a warband of basically a captain, a full kit banner, and then the spear shield guys. And it can hold its own really well with Defense 6. It can still do some kills because you've got all the spear supports. You don't have to shield if you don't want to. And it's just a solid warband drop. 
Then we've got our Eregion and Rivendale section. So we've got Glorfindel, Lord of the West, which is actually Glorfindel this time, with Horse and the Armor of Gondolin. So he's got the Horse. Then we've got High Elf Warrior with Shield, Spear, and Banner. So another Banner. I've, I've gone double Banners a few times in this episode. The Banners are really that valuable, and even more so for High Fight. You need to be getting that roll off. It helps you so much. Seven High Elf Warriors with Spear and Shield. Just ever-reliable troops. So good. So good. And then four High Elf Warriors with Elf, Bow, and Spear. So a bit of a conversion here. At the moment, you can take Elf, Bow, and Spear on the Warriors. Will that change in the future? Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But at the moment, it's a really good option because you've got that Fight 5 that can jump behind the Warriors of Minas Tirith. So it can go and help them out. If you're really sneaky, the Knights of Minas Tirith charge in and you throw an Elf behind them with the Lance and suddenly you've got a Fight 5 Cavalry model charging in because of the Spear support. So with the current rules... And I keep saying that because I know that rule books are around the corner, but with the current way, that's a good tactic. It might change in the future, and we'll talk about that later on if it does. But for now, I assume it's going to stay the same. I don't have any inside information, and if I did, I couldn't tell you, but it's good because I don't. Now, there's also Hobbit's presence of Fornos, and this is one of the reasons that people are attracted to this idea. It's part of the Shire history. A small contingent of Hobbits came along, we believe. We think they survived, maybe. We think they fought, perhaps. So I've gone for... Pretty much the only Hobbit warband configuration I can see as being a good ally. It's Paladin Took because he is the closest thing we've got to a generic Hobbit uh, militia leader, essentially. So he's the, the one point of might, the 25 points, uh, 20 points, or whatever he is. He's, he's not many points. And he's a, he's a solid hero. He's got a point of might. He's got decent courage. And he leads a dirt cheap warband. So he's got eight Hobbit militia and four Hobbit archers because we need to get the 33% bows. So you've got the four Hobbit archers, you've got eight Hobbit militia. My other option here was to go a full Arnor one, but it wasn't really Arnor fighting in Fornos as such. Arnor was pretty dead at that point. It was Gondor coming in to save it, so I'm unsure. I'm pretty sure you could justify it either way, quite frankly, or an alliance even. But I've gone for that. So I've got the two Gondor warbands. One has some cavalry and bows. One is totally infantry. Then I've gone for Glorfindel, our powerful hero on horse this time. And then with the full armor, of course, some high elves, all armed with spear, so they can go behind anyone they want. And then the hobbits, which will try and stay out of trouble, not be too squishy, add extra attacks to combats if they can, throw rocks, shoot bows, be annoying, capture objectives, and basically up their model count. So in this army, we've got a total of 52 models, which is great. But that's... It's a Gondor spam horde. 52 models is, is intimidating. It takes a lot of work to get through. You've got to play pretty fast in 52 models, but it's pretty scary. Four full warbands. That's nice to have. That's a good amount of numbers. Yes, some are really squishy, but some are really, really tough. So you've got a nice mixture there. So I hope you enjoy that one as well, Declan. I actually want to try this one out. It should be good fun. Gondor and Rohan, 650 points. Here we are with the third list from Declan, 
and we're not finished there. He'll have a lot more, but we're not doing all of them in order. His Declan specifically requested a field of Calibrant army. So this is where basically Rohan was formed. It was their first big battle. It was the one where Aeol the Young rose to fame. So we've got a king of men, so it's going to be Kyrion. Now, it's not the Kyrion that we have, because the Kyrion that we have is a lieutenant of Amon Barad, I believe. It's a person of the same name. So what I've done is gone for a king of men. Now, 650 points is not a lot to spend, but I still have to get the theme across. So I've taken two... Minas Tirith warbands, and I've made sure the Minas Tirith was the infantry. So a king of men, Kyrian, with heavy armor and shield. Now you could, I guess, use the Kyrian profile if you wanted to. Here, some would argue that it's probably, well, not probably better. It's better in some areas, worse in other areas. But I've gone for a king of men because I think that's the proper theme to do. We've got three citadel guard with spear, five citadel guard with longbow. So we've got significant archer fire here. The longbows are really good. Citadel guard are really good. Fight four bodyguard is is fantastic. It's so valuable. And of course they'll bury Of course they'll bodyguard the king. Then we have the captain of Minas Tirith with shield, a warrior of Minas Tirith with spear shield banner, and eleven warriors of Minas Tirith with spear and shield. This is looking familiar already. That same warband. I like that warband. I really do for Minas Tirith. If I was playing Minas Tirith, I would have that warband. I know it doesn't suit with the, the plastics at the moment, but most people have enough Minas Tirith that they can just fill that out. It's a really solid block. And, and it's versatile. So at low points, so 650 I don't consider very high, you want to be able to have some serious flexibility in your models, and that gives you it. If you go and give half of them spear and half of them shield, someone goes and takes two or three of the spearmen out, you've got no spear support anymore. And the Rohan contingent is a single warband, but it's a good warband. It takes up almost half the points as well, so it's pretty close to being an even split. So you, as you can imagine... Aeol the Young is there, and he is one of the value heroes in the game. 90 points, can end up with quite a bit of might if you spend it well. Has a really good profile, good defense now when they change that up. Uh, he's just a really good character. He's worth taking. Um, the only reason you probably don't see him in all the Rohan armies is because he thematically doesn't fit at all. He was uh, alive at a different time. So he's our Warband leader. He's got a Rider of Rohan with Banner. So, of course, why wouldn't you Do you have another banner? So, I've got two banners. Once again, I'm going for two banners. I don't mind the two banners. I think it's worth taking. You could get away one, maybe, but I don't know really what you spend the points on. Mm, there's maybe maybe some things. You could upgrade some models here and there, give horses here or there, whatever. I've got four Riders of Rohan with throwing spears. So, the throwing spear Riders of Rohan are really good at harassing. I've got three Riders of Rohan that don't have throwing spears, so they've got the bows. They're also good at harassing. They're also good models. And four Sons of Aeol, which is just really, really nasty. Those models are so good. Yes, I could drop the banner and throw another Son of the Earl in instead, basically, but I think that's enough. Um, once again, I don't think they're literally his sons either, but he could bring four sons along. That's a possibility as well. I haven't checked his genealogy just quite yet. So four Sons of Aeol, we know how good they are. They come with an amazing profile. Two attacks on high fight cavalry is really good. Good strength, good defense, axes fantastic. So this is a good army. Three warbands, some infantry, some cavalry. Good fun to play. And at 650, I think it can handle pretty much anything that gets thrown at it. Mirkwood, 550 points. 
now we've got a different person requesting our list. Jake has asked for a Merkwood list with no ranges at a points level between 500 and 600 points. So interesting is not specifying there. Uh, I've gone for 550, so right in the middle, and that's mainly because it's how all my models fit together. I, in a Merkwood list, you've got basically two ways to play. You go the Ranger heavy shooting based army, or you do a standard elf army with the elf infantry and maybe some cavalry to back it up. So I've gone for the latter. So we've got Thranduil, King of the Merkwood Realm with Elk. This model is just fantastic. Beautiful model, still one of my favorites in the range. If you, if you choose a Merkwood army, I'm really hard-pressed not to include it at the moment. And it's great in-game as well. And the Elk is really worth the points. So it's a fantastic model. I've played with some models lately that really aren't worth the points. This is not one of them. So 160 points is a lot, but it's definitely worth it. You get pretty much everything you want in a, a big combat hero. So he leads two Merkwood Elves with Shield and Elf Blade, two Merkwood Elves with Elf Glade, and two Merkwood Elves with Elf Bow. So exactly half of one of the new 12 packs, and we'll see why in a moment, of course. You can guess why. And then we've got four Merkwood Cavalry with Shield. Once again, I've kept the numbers to an amount that's obtainable, because I know how expensive this army is. Uh, especially for us Australians, because it's not the Forge World, except for the first model. So it's a big investment, and I also want it to be playable. So if you're going to invest this much, I want an army that works. And this one does. I've played with this one before. It does work. Four Merkwood Cavalry, they work so well with Thranduil. I would consider going for six if I could, but that basically brings it up to a nice 600 points. So if you want to go to 600 points, put another couple of those. They're really good. Warband 2, I've gone for the Palace Guard Captain with Shield. Now, sometimes you don't want to bother with the Shield because the two-handed weapon, the Elf Blade's pretty handy as well. But this Captain is basically there if there's a big monster or something that, that gets in the way. He goes and charges it, shields, and then uses his fight value of being near Thranduil, hopefully to be ahead of it anyway. Or he calls heroic combats for Thranduil and gets him to dart around and do other things. So he's basically just a servant for Thranduil. So a Palace Guard Captain fits the theme. I really do like the Merkle Captain as well. I don't know why, because from a stats point of view, the Palace Guard Captain should be better. It's got better fight. should be better straight out. But I've had really good luck with the Merkle Captain. So you can chop and change if you want. But I've gone for the Palace Guard Captain with shield. I took the full banner kit for a Palace Guard. So Palace Guard with spear, shield, banner... Why do I go the Palace Guard over the Merkwood Elves? Mainly because it's in a plastic box set, so it's a little bit easier to convert. And I want to keep the Merkwood Elves, which are quite expensive, basically as they are. There's also five Palace Guards with Spear and Shield. Notice how I do like the Spear-Shield combination again. I feel that the Palace Guard work really well at Defense 6. Once again, there's an argument for having two-handed weapons, but the Merkwood Elves with Glaive can do that. That's fine. That's their job. The ones, the Palace Guard are valuable models. I want them Spear Shield. If I'm going to pay the extra points for, for getting a really good model, I might as well go all out and get them the proper equipment as well. And then finally, I finish off this warband with two Elves with Spear... Sorry, not two Elves with Spear. Two Elves with Shield and Blade. Two Elves with Glaive. The Glaive's a good all-around weapon. It can Spear, it can Shield, it can two-handed weapon. And then two with Bow. So, exactly the 12-pack. So, I feel that this is an obtainable army in terms of what you purchase. There's no stupid things to purchase. We are wasting a few Palace Guard. You could convert your Palace Guard out of a plastic one if you wanted to, or you could buy the Captain Blister Pack. 
you've got the banner you need to convert, I highly, highly recommend the Rivendell Knight banners. And because they come two in a box, you should be able to do some trades of someone or just get a box of Rivendell Knights as well, which are a good box, and then use one of the banners. I, I love using those banners. They're so good for elf banners. They work for basically any elves because... The shield gets an elf pattern on it, but it doesn't give you the, the actual detail in the shield. So you can put whatever you want in there. In mine, I put a nice detailed circle with a, with an elk head inside it. So I, I think it looks really good. So definitely worth getting that. I do like this army. It's not easy to use. It doesn't have a lot. You have to know how to use your hero as well. You have to know when to fight and when not to. But it's a good, fun army and it's reliable. So I hope you enjoyed this one, Jake. It's, it's one that I've played before and I really do like it. So hopefully you'll get the same enjoyment that I have out of it. Radagast Alliance, 450, 500, and 600 points. Now we move on to my first real challenge of this list episode. Leon's asked for 450, 500, and 600, which is actually three lists, with either Bayorn or Radagast in each. So, he's wanting to use Bayorn or, or Radagast, either of those models, and they're kind of hard to fit in, because one is a support model with a bit of combat, depending on what mount you put it on, and the other one's a straight-out combat model that, that re- relies on, first of all, changing into a bear, and secondly, being able to control where you go and not being led around in circles. So, they are challenging to use models. So, what I've done for these lists, the three of them, I've decided to make a list where you can fit one of the three main options for Radagast and Bayorn in the list because they go between 200 and 205 for Radagast on Sled with uh, Sebastian, Radagast on the Eagle, which is a different profile, and Bayorn. So they're either 200 or 205. So I've made sure there's space in each of these lists for them. So we don't have to worry about which one you want to take. So Leon, you can take whichever one you like, but also... You can swap and change them. You can take both, either of them. Uh, you can swap it out, change it. One works better. I'm going to say which one I would go for in each of the lists. And I'll give my reasons, but there's no reason you couldn't change it out. So our first list at 450. 450 is a very low points level, so I don't have a huge amount of options here. I've gone for an alliance with a Shire list. And specifically... Bandabras took the Bull Roarer, which I haven't used yet in this list episode. I haven't used it for a while. It's one of my favorite Hobbit models. It looks really nice. A Hobbit riding a horse, the one that invented golf by knocking off Golf Fimble's head and making him just Fimble. No, you didn't make him just Fimble, but it's a good, solid hero, cheap, not spectacular, but worth taking. So my Hobbit contingent this time, so my Shire contingent, is Bandabras took the Bull Roarer, which you get no options. He comes with the pony, he comes with the for 40 points. It's fantastic. Not a pony, it's a horse. Then he's got four militia, four archers, and four sheriffs. So pretty basic, pretty standard. Four militia, four archers, four sheriffs. I don't mind doing this because the sheriffs are available again. The militia are available. The archers are available. You can make this list if you want. I'm not sure if Bandabras is purchasable, but go find him, convert him, whatever. Paladin Took is our second warband leader. Once again, he wasn't around at the same time as Bandabras Took, so he'll have to be a different Took altogether. So maybe someone called Paladin there. He's the closest thing to the militia leader. And he's got an identical warband. Four Hobbit militia, four archers, four sheriffs. So this is my little core unit. 
uh, it only comes up to 130, 153 points. So it is dirt cheap for 26 models. So there's our numbers. They're fragile as anything, but they've got some shooting. So with the, the alliance for that, we get one of our options. So Radagast on Eagle, we get Radagast on Slayer, or we get Bayorn. And then we get a Great Eagle. So Great Eagle. Great Eagles aren't amazing. They're probably a little bit expensive in terms of points. But what they do for a Hobbit army is amazing because they give you a nice hurl. So you get that hurl in there, you, you charge him into the flanks, you distract, you capture objectives, your hobbits hold your line, and the hobbits don't mind fighting models that are prone. They get good weapons, the hobbits. They've got some axes in there, Some all their hand weapons work really well. If models are prone because of an eagle, they've done fantastically well. So just the three options here. So what, what we could consider, the Radagast on Slay has a lot of will. So... He's got the, the staff that keeps coming. So his magic powers are a feature. So the magic powers that you might consider using, there's one that makes your whole army cause terror. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Sorry, it, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll remember it halfway through saying this. But it's it's basically the worthwhile spell. It's the only one that's at a 5+. plus. Uh, so that's definitely worth doing. Hobbits that cause terror will save them a huge amount. That is good. That is very good. That's worth taking. Then we have the Renew... On himself is really good. Maybe on Bandarus, maybe a Paladin. I don't think he's got more than one wound. So he's not going to get a huge amount of use for that. The Panicked Steed is pretty good. Because you don't want Cavalry coming at your Hobbits. So Panicking Steed's very nice, worth taking. You've got Terra for Radagast. That's fine. That's good. We'd, we'd take that. You either take that or, or the Bubble. Either way, works pretty well. And you've got an Immobilize, which is also very good. So the Hobbits can actually take down really good models. So that's actually quite good. Does it add to your shooting? No, it's not meant to. You still got the eagle for the monstrous attacks. So I think that's probably a good option, the slay. The slay itself can get up to six attacks when it's charging. So it's a pretty good model. It's a pretty good wall and it holds its own pretty damn well. It can also mean that Radicus can strike up. You can immobilize things. You've got the eagle riding around. I think that's quite functional. You could do that. Next one you have is the Radagast the Brown Riding Great Eagle. Now, this one does not have a staff. He's got a dagger, which I assume is a hand weapon. He's got the same profile as Radagast, but he's on another eagle. So he's got this monstrous creature attack. So that's, that's fabulous. That's really good. The only problem is his six will is all you've got. So you've got to be pretty conservative about your spells. So you've got to decide really what you're going to do. Or of Dismay is the one that I was thinking of before. That's a 5+. plus. I'm not as keen to cast that now because are you going to throw three will at it? Are you going to throw one will at it and then use some might? Uh, I don't know. So terror-causing hobbits, maybe not. And because he's on a giant eagle, he's probably dancing around away from the army at times. So that's suddenly not as appealing. Immobilize is always appealing on a 3+. plus. Absolutely always appealing. Nature's Wrath on a 4+. plus. This is one that's almost tempting to just go all in on Nature's Wrath. Just go maybe three Natchez Wrath each with two will and have a go at that. The spell is that good. Some people channel it. I would only channel it if you've got def a defense uh, four horde or less coming around. Any other time, I wouldn't even bother channeling it. It's just not worth it. And then Panic Steed on a two plus is great, especially for, for heroes sucking down their will before you immobilize them. If they, if they pass it, so what? They've lost their will. If they fail it, they've lost their horse. It's a, it's a good choice. And then Renew... Once again, on himself is probably the way to go there. Um, I don't think you'd end up using that because you, once again, your will's 
limited and you've got a really nice spell in Nature's Wrath that's quite offensive or quite defensive, uh, I'll be very strongly considering this model as well. It means that when the, the models get there, you can do the Nature's Wrath and also have the mobility of the, the Great Eagle. He can come with the Eagle as a bit of a hunting pack and they can fight things off themselves. At 450 points, they can probably hold their own pretty well. And the the hobbits just basically hold the line and, and win combats through some numbers, but hopefully don't die too quickly. That's a good choice as well. Once again, another good choice. The final one is Bayon. Bayon. Bayon's a really good deterrent to try and keep people away from this army, but your shooting is not that amazing. You do have a lot. You've got uh, eight elf archers and then a bunch of throw stones, so you can do a fair amount of your shooting, and Bayon's a really good deterrent for keeping people away there. My concern is that with his extra movement, it's going to be very easy for your opponent to set up a way that Bayon has to charge them and then drag him out of the combat. So in this case... My concern is that you need someone to keep your hobbit lines secure. You've got the second eagle, so, or the first eagle if it's Bayon, so that's a good choice. Bayon would be okay. He would do a lot, but trying to stop him from running away, you might need to end up making a little hobbit screen for him. So basically what happens here is the hobbits trap him, so they make a three-point trap or whatever, so that he cannot charge unless you want him to. And you keep doing that. So it slows the army down quite a bit. But it is a big deterrent as well. So he's a choice that could work. It could work really well, this. With the hobbits, with the shooting, you might actually have enough time to turn him into Bayon, which is good. Um, I definitely think it's worth a try as well. It's probably the synergy's not as there. And you'll spend a lot of time trying to control Bayon. But it's, it's a high-risk reward type thing. If he gets on fire, he's really good. We'll move on to our 500-point list. So our 500 point list, I've gone for just a single warband addition to the, the Radagast or Bayon. So this is a low number army. The last one was pretty high. The last one had 28. 28 at 450. This one, just as a hint, has only got 10 units. So I'm going as elite as possible. So elite. I've gone for Rivendell Knights. Now Rivendell Knights are incredibly good. They are really good. They've got every bit of equipment that you can possibly get, probably. Elf blade shields, lances, banners, horses. They've got so much stuff. They've got the heavy armor, defense six. They're really fast. They move through woods. Their captain's high fight. They're high fight. They've got high courage. They've got everything you want except numbers. So, they are avoidance army. The ultimate avoidance army. They run around. They shoot. They draw people out of position. They, they are finesse army. You come in for a charge and then you heroic combat and get out of there because you don't want to get bogged down by a horde of infantry. You need to thin them down. You need to pick targets. You need to go for heroes. You need to, to move around. You need to play a long game. So you need to play really fast. You need to draw enemies into thinking they can charge you and then pull away. You don't want to frustrate them into just bunkering down in terrain because then what are you going to do to dig them out? pretty much nothing. You end up with a stalemate of a game and it's a boring game. So they're a tricky army to use, but they are a high reward army. So you've got a Rivendell Knight Captain with Shield. You've got a Rivendell Knight with Shield and Banner because why would you not take a Banner if you've got an opportunity to take a Banner? And then seven Rivendell Knights with Shield. I used to fudge around with not putting Shields on all of them and having on half of them, but from what I know of Rivendell Knight players and when I've played them as well, you're going all out on an expensive night. Go for the shield. It just some half the games it won't make a difference, but when it does, it's well worth it. You don't want an easy target for opposing elf shooters, and that's what you get if you don't put the shield on. So watch out for that. 
try to make sure you've got that. So back to our our three choices. So you've got the Slay Radagast, which is nice in that you've got full control over him. You get to play the long game with him. So even a Panic Steed a turn could be really, really annoying for the opponent. So I really like this option. I like the Slay option. Do you need Knockdown? Maybe, maybe not, because you've got so much charges. So Nature's Wrath may not be as useful, because you're getting it on a Heroic Charge. And then the the Slay Radagast, because the base is so big, you can hold up a huge area. So if you need to wall off an area for a turn, you can do that really well while your Knights escape. So I think the Rivendell... The, sorry, the... The Rivendell Knights would like Radagast on Slay as an ally, but then again, who wouldn't? He's a good ally. He's expensive, but he's a good ally. And from a theme point of view, I think it works pretty well. So I like that because you've got spells for the whole game. You could play the long game, and you can can be out of position. You've got full control over Radagast on Slay. The Radagast on Eagle, I'm not as enamored about this time, mainly because do you need extra combat power? Probably. But... His spells are limited because you've got the six will. So you either use the spells and then his will's gone, or you hold it off, hold it off, hold it off, and you're not really doing much there except decoy models, pick your models. It does give you massive hitting power when you do hit, and it's really fast. So it, it's a good option. It's a good option. I might tip into the sleigh mainly just because of the being able to cast spells a long time. And as I said with before, the sleigh one, I'm much more likely to cast the Aura of Dismay. And having Rivendell Knights that cause terror is going to help you so, 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 so much. That's worth it. That's a good power as well. So I I would probably edge towards the Slay of the two Radagasts, but I don't think the Eagle's a bad choice at all. I think it's a good choice. And finally, we've got Bayon. In this case, I don't know that Bayon is the right choice because you're playing the Finesse Avoidance Army. If I'm the enemy, I run straight at Bayon. He's slow. He can be drawn out. I draw him in there and I use every hero I can to to kill him outright and and force the knights to come at me. So I feel like they can't stop Bayon going crazy. And I feel like with a finesse army like this, that's somewhat problematic. So I would probably avoid Bayon in this one. Although you could take him, of course. He's a nice he's a model you can leave on his own and he was he's hard pressed to kill and then the knights can take off anyone that's going for them. But I I like the the Radagast on the with the bunnies, the, the sleigh, and this one. I think that's that's my choice. But swap them around; they will all work. And finally, at six hundred, got a few more points to play around of at six hundred. So at six hundred, I've tried to vary it. I've tried to go something different, not just get more Rimdale Knights in, which is definitely a possibility, or more Hobbits, which is probably not a possibility. I've gone for Thrandall's Hall's Merkle Ranger list. So this is the ultimate shooting list. Now I've only got fifteen units. At 600 points. So a tiny, tiny army, but everyone's elite. They're such an avoidance unit, but they can all handle themselves on their own. So what I've got here is actually a lot of heroes. I've gone for Tariel with Elf Bow, because I want her to shoot. And she's a good model. We, we know about Tariel. She's she's really good. She can beat most things one-on-one, and, and people don't want to surround her because she gets better. So she never really gets surrounded. She never really gets lots of models onto her. I like small Merkwood Ranger units, because they're, it's so much easier when somebody comes at them to just run them away, just disappear. And you can even leave one behind and then people have to make the choice between do they surround them or do they take them on slowly. So I've gone for three Merkled Rangers of Tariel. The idea is Tariel can handle herself on her own, so she's going to have the smallest warband. Then our second warband is a Merkled Ranger captain with four Merkled Rangers. 
So it's the same reason. The Merkle Ranger Captain is just a slightly worse Tariel. And then you've got the same thing again with four Merkle Rangers. So these are pretty, pretty solid. Three heroes, they're going to do all the work. So the, the job is for them to get the combats, the others to avoid it, and just do lots of shooting and lots of movement and running around. So that's that's an army that, that's going to disappear. It's going to use in the ways to avoid things. It's going to be nice and tricky and fun to play. It's going to die horribly at times, but it's going to be good fun. So what you can take with these these ones, speed's not as much of an issue. So Bayorn's actually on the cards here because he's a deterrent just by being a big scary monster. And you want it, that intimidation is really good. So you can do that because they're not, not going to want to take on Bayorn with three captains next to next to Bayorn because that's suddenly a really, really formidable foe. They can take on a lot of things. They can split off the captains. They can grab the captains themselves and, and fight against them with higher fight value. And then Bayorn can just go nuts. So Bayorn is an absolute choice in this one and probably would be the choice for me, quite frankly. I designed this list early on when you could have Bayon with Bow, as I like to call him, Bowon. And that was the whole point of him there. You can you can just give him a little five-point bow, keep him as a man for a while when you want to control him, and then if the enemy gets close, turn him into a bear. Radagast will work as well. Radagast on Eagle, I like. Um, I don't... Panic Steed... <laughs> you've got the Elf Cloak, so Cavalry's not a big issue, and you actually kind of want them to come at you, because if you throw a bunch of Rangers in there, you'll beat them, and the heroes, they'll beat Cavalry reasonably well. So you don't mind them coming at you. So the Panic Steed's not huge. Terra, Terra's good. Terra, there's nothing wrong with Terra, and I would even consider doing that. Nature's Wrath is fantastic as well. Uh, the Eagle's got the advantage that you can really, really skirmish and move and suddenly be where you want. And that's probably preferable to the Slay in this one because you're probably going to end up in lots of terrain and it's going to be hard to move around, so you're going to need the Fly where you can. So I would probably, in this one, I would go Bayorn or Radagast on Eagle, and then probably Radagast on Slave, finally. Yes, the Terror is nice, but you're probably going to be skirmishing all over the place, so you're probably going to be out of its range. Um, you're probably going to be using terrain for your advantage, ducking into things. So the Slay is going to be hard to maneuver, and it's going to be the one that people just go at the Slay. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's my choice there. So I've tried to make one that each of those different characters fits into. So if I had my way, the Shire army would have... The Radagast probably on Eagle. The Rivendell Knights would have the one on Slay. And the Merkled Ranger one would have Bayorn. That would be my my choices, but they're all interchangeable. Beautiful lists. I'm actually really keen to try these out. They're going to be a good, fun challenge. They're going to lose horribly because that's what you get when you take an elite army or a very fragile army of the Shire ones. But they're going to be a lot of fun to play as well. Wood Elves, 600 points. Sebastian requested a tournament list for 600 points. Didn't give me anything else other than it only fights evil. And he also asked me to do this for the evil side, which I'll do later on. Said theme wasn't as important, but 
but I, to me, I think theme is, is always important. You've got to put some theme into it. So I've gone for what I would get the most powerful theme list I possibly can at 600 points. So I've gone for something that, that's as nasty as I possibly can within reason, not, not creating a stupid alliance. So in this list, I've taken Thranduil, the King of Mirkwood, with armor and elf bow. So this is the classic Lord of the Rings version of it. A really good, good version that I wouldn't mind if it disappears, quite frankly, because I like the new one. But it's it's fantastic. For 90 points, you get a solid, solid warrior with guaranteed spells that go off on a 6, which are very hard to resist. You can do it, but tough. So good spells as well. The, the one that causes terror, or of dismay, and also the nature's wrath, which is also good. So Thranduil is leading one Wood Elf Warrior with Throwing Daggers, Wood Elf Spear, and Banner. So got Throwing Daggers, of course. They're, they're really good. Just gives you something to do when you're not doing anything. Wood Elf Spear and Banner. So it can shield with the spear. It can, which is always weird thematically, like you use the banner as a weapon. But anyway, and then you've got the seven Wood Elf Warriors with Throwing Daggers and Wood Elf Spears. Again, my favorite combination. And two Wood Elf Sentinels, which are fantastic models. So these models can move trolls and things around reasonably comfortably. So that's that's great for this avoidance slash uh, opportunistic combat army. So the knockdown's good. So if you want to go into combat, you do a Nature's Wrath, knock people down, go in, or just knock them down, run away, start again, reset. All the time your throwing daggers are going, so you might get a kill or two here and there. Warband 2, I've gone for some offense. I've gone for a Galadrim Captain with Elf Bow and Armored Horse and five Galadrim Knights with Elf Bow. So they can keep up with the infantry if they want to shoot, or they can go really fast, 12 inches, if they want to go really fast. Now, that's also through woods, so these guys are scary. Call a march, and you can end up going like something... Oh, it's it's ridiculous, 17 inches. So it's massive. They can keep up with everything in the game. They're worth having. They really pack a punch. They're fantastic. Fantastic. And I've gone for six as well, because it's just a whole box set. You have to do some conversions with the bows, because I don't think it comes with just quite enough, but that's easy enough to do with this sort of army. Chop some off your, your warriors. Then Warband 3 is a Wood Elf Captain with Elf Bow. A lot of people would go for the Stormcaller here, but I like the extra might. I really do like Wood Elf Captains. The fight value is good. And with Elf Bow, you can always do something, which means all you hear is have Elf Bows, which is pretty scary. Then we've got 8 Wood Elf Warriors with Throwing Daggers and Spears. Once again, the silly combination. So you're going to have to get some Spears somewhere. Check Historic Rangers if you want to put them on there. Maybe maybe convert up the Mirkwood Rangers and give them all spears from somewhere. They will look really good in this army. Oh, that's attempting for me to do, actually. I like that idea. And also, two Wood Elf Warriors with Elf Bow and Wood Elf Spear. So this is just your making up your bow numbers type models. Give you more bows. So you end up with a lot of bows and a lot of throwing weapons. Almost everyone can shoot. Oh, no, everyone can? Can they? Yes. Yes, everyone can. Oh, which is really good. So you've got a, a shooting army where it's doing a lot of damage. You've got 28 models at 600 points, which is quite good. You've got stuff to deal with the big things. You knock them down, go in. You don't have a lot of uh, combat hitting power. So you've got to watch out. In combat, it may be a little bit tricky. Thranduil with a two-handed weapon is actually really good, and that might be your go-to. So if there's a troll or something like that, make sure Thranduil goes in, make sure it's knocked down, and go two-handed. Let someone else win the combat and and have a good go at that. It's a scary army. It's based on the armies that I've I've found almost too effective. Like the, the avoidance wood elf armies with lots of ranged weapons, and they're sort of frustrating for everyone to play with because they just run around, and you can do it with almost having no kills against you. So 
I, I tend to avoid them. I like the infantry versions of them, but this one I think is particularly powerful. It takes a lot of finesse, and if someone runs at it and marches at it really quickly, you might be in trouble. You might be in trouble and start in the middle, stay in the middle. You basically have to run away, attack, draw the enemy to you, and then get around them and go back on the objective. It's good fun to play with, though. So this is a definitely a tournament-type list. It's It's got some power to it. Bree, 800 points. So Declan asked me just to go for free range with Bree army lists. So I'm denied about what to do about this for, for quite some time. In the end, I decided to go for matched lists. So two, two armies that can fight against each other. Now, this one's quite an extensive army. I'm going for the good side this time. Later on, when I'm doing the evil armies, I'll go through the evil side. It's I've tried to go for models that pass through Bree, and I've also tried to go for a specific time and just give you the impression that, that stuff's going on. So it's a bit of a what-if when Aragorn, Frodo, Mary. Pippin went through, there was a bit of an uprising and, and some, some skirmishes happening around that fight. Some people siding with Strider, some people siding with the Wraiths and, and Half-Orcs and Evil Men and all that sort of stuff. So for this one, I've gone for Hero Heavy Army. I have Aragorn as a Strider with Bow. So I think that's the most appropriate one for his Ranger form. And I've got him as well in a Warband, so the Fellowship Warband, with Frodo Samwise, Meriadoc, and with Pippin as well. Now, I haven't bought any of the upgrades for the Hobbits. So, no Mithril Coat, because it's not happening yet. No Sting, not happening yet. No Elven Cloaks, not happening yet. So, just the appropriate equipment. Next up, I've gone for a Travelling Dwarf Company. Well, it's a small company. It's not a full warband of dwarves. I've gone for a Dwarf Captain with throwing axes and a shield. So uh, maybe passing through, there was dwarves in Bree at times. And as we can see from the Hobbit movies, of course. I'm going to a dwarf warrior with shield and a banner. So this is my banner in the army. Uh, once again, the dwarves are looking after this traveling proud dwarf company. Two dwarf warriors with shield. And then I've gone for some lightly armored dwarfs as well. So three dwarf rangers with longbow and three dwarf rangers with throwing axes. So my thought is that it's not a fully armoured, ready-for-war company. It's got some travelling equipment, and you model them up almost based on maybe the uh, Thorin's company model. So I would even consider grabbing them, doing some head swaps, giving them some shields, and away we go. Have a travelling dwarf mercenary company. Now, I had to bulk out my numbers. I needed some models. So I've gone for two warbands of Lake Town. So I've included a Lake Town Militia Captain with Shield, a four Lake Town Militia with Shield, four Lake Town Militia with Spear, and four Lake Town Militia with Bow. And the second Warband is the same, except the Captain doesn't have a Shield, just so we can tell them apart and, and show they're a bit of rabble. They're not as organized. So once again, four, four, four. So the Lake Town Militia, I think, are our closest debris militia we can get. And because they don't have Bard around, they're not getting any fancy bonuses that are taking them up to ministerial level in fighting. So... I like them. The fight two infantry. They're they're our stock standard humans. They're just militia. They've got some weapons, and they've got some good weapons. But they're just foot models. They're not particularly special. They make the hobbits look okay. Then helping those militia out are uh, four Dunedain. 
So we have three of them with spear and one of them just on its own. That's partly because of the points levels, but I'm sure I can shave points off here or there. The Dwarf Warband looks a prime target for that. But that's just what it turned up as, and I like that. So some of them with spear, one of them without spear. They call the heroics, especially heroic combats with the militia. They provide extra fight. They lead. They have good courage. They, they help out quite a bit. So we ended up with only 45 models, and I say only, only 45 because I'm, I've got quite a lot of late town in there. So I've got a lot of cheapo models, but I've also got a lot of very expensive models in things like Aragorn and the Dwarves. Well, Dwarves aren't very expensive. Aragorn's pretty expensive. So I've gone for quite a mixture. It's 800 points, 45 models. I've got heaps of heroes, so lots and lots of heroes, so lots of fun there. And I wanted to play this out almost like a scenario. I think this army could do okay in tournaments. Aragorn's a tricky one to use, but if it's a long game, he'll do fantastically well. Doesn't have the magic sword, unfortunately. Pippin's got the ring, which is very useful. So this is an army that could do particularly well. You've got lots of might, but you've also got a lot of weak troops that need a bit of protection, a bit of organization. So it's a good challenge. I don't think it's top tier, but I don't think it's bottom either. I actually quite like it. And it gives you lots of modeling options. Once again, for the dwarves, I would go for something converting up Thorin's company quite a bit. And then I would go for the Dunedain as fine as they are, the Lake Town as fine as they are, maybe take a bit of the almost, I don't know, it's like a Russian militia or some of the hats are very wintry. Maybe take some of those off and just go for some normal heads. Maybe convert up some wildmen in there as well and maybe some some ruffians as well. And, and there you go. You've got a good army, good modeling project and, and a fun one to use. So that was 800 points of Brie. Later on in the episode, we'll do the opposing evil side as well. And I think you'll be equally impressed with that. That's a good fun as well. Dol Amroth, 800 points. So Jake's request here was, just do Dol Amroth because people will be getting excited about it. And we are. I've had lots of talk about Dol Amroth and fiefdoms in general, or fiefdoms, however you say it. Uh, and they're a lot of fun army. They're actually an incredibly powerful army. Part of it is that Prince Imrahil is one of the best characters. His 12-inch banner reroll effect that essentially costs you nothing, it's not really factored into the points cost of anyone, is is so, so good. We're talking about someone who's almost Mario Goblin drum level on better fight. So this is this is an incredible effect, which may not last very long. I hope that it's adjusted, quite frankly, and becoming more realistic. Because 12 inches is, is so big that whoever designed it really, really didn't consider it for the points game. Then maybe they wrote it for scenarios. Or they didn't quite understand exactly what they were doing. Because that is just fantastic. It's it's a huge amount. So we've got Prince Imrahil on Armored Horse and Lance. There's no other way to take him, quite frankly. He's always on horse with a lance. He's leading four mounted Knights of Dol Amroth with armored horse and lance. Because the Knights of Dol Amroth, the profile, doesn't actually say whether they're mounted or not. So that's tricky in some scenarios. Two Knights of Dol Amroth on foot. And then three men at arms of Dol Amroth on foot with pike. So I've gone for a decent amount of pike, but not a massive amount. Not like a huge pike block, which is another way to do it. Warband 2 is a Captain of Dol Amroth with Armoured Horse and Lance, so same equipment as, as Prince Imrahil. 
with almost the same warband, except only three knights with armored horse and lance. So three knights of armored horse and lance, two knights on foot, and three men at arms of Dol Amroth with pike. So another part of the infantry. So you could deploy these all together and create a big infantry block, or you could separate them and the infantry just holds little ground. So I like this this setup. Third warband is the captain of Dol Amroth of armored horse and lance. Three knights of Dol Amroth with armored horse and lance, so the same so far, and then still the same. Two knights of Dol Amroth and three men at arms of Dol Amroth with pike. So these are smallish warbands, which are good for cavalry because if you have to deploy them, they don't take up as much space. They've got a bit of a mixture. You've got some hard hitting knights. You've got some good infantry, and because Prince Imriel's banner is so big, I haven't included the banner in this lot. So the idea is that you're going to fight sort of in a 24-inch block anyway, so they're all going to be under Prince Imriel's banner, hopefully. Then I've added one more warband. So this is another not full-size warband. So this is an army where, unlike I usually do, I haven't maxed out any warbands. That's unusual. I've gone for Dune here, because uh, I needed some archery, basically, for this this army. And I've gone for 10 Blackroot Vale archers. One of them has a banner, because the banner model is so nice in this one, and they're not affected by Prince Imrahil. So if they fight on their own, they need the banner to help them out. Now, in terms of a direct comparison to Rangers of Gondor, they don't look as good because of the fight value. So a lot of people don't rate these, but their ability to, to wound against monsters is so good, because that's the one thing that scares this army. A monster coming in will knocking over your horses is the scary part for this army. So to be able to get a bonus to shooting really, really does help. Even if you pull off a wound or two, it means your captain can go in confidently and take down the monster after a strike up. So it's definitely worth it. It's definitely a good one. And they're, they're nice models. Well, the the banner's a nice model. Dune here's an okay model. The Black Revale archers don't exist, but just use Rangers of Gondor and paint them into Dol Amroth colors, quite frankly, or something similar. Maybe some some greys and browns, some more peasanty colors. So I kind of like this. It's it's a good army. I cannot wait for the Knights of Dol Amroth to be replaced with the decent models that we've seen already. So the, the ones that are coming out, either from Forge World or maybe Plastics, if we're really lucky, but probably Forge World, look really, really nice. The old ones, I'm on the boat of thinking they're probably some of the worst in the range, quite frankly. I hate them. I know that they got popular once they were out of stock, and I think that's more because they're good in-game. So people want to use them, so you start liking it. It's a bit of my Troll Brute Syndrome, I guess, where you've got a model that, that you want to like, so you like it. My concern with the old Knights of Doramoth is we had two poses for a start. That's pretty bad. We had two terrible poses. Both of them are in very sort of unnatural, old school, like 80s 2D poses where they try to get the molds as flat as possible. The proportions are not in consistent with the rest of the Lord of the Rings range. So the swords are too thick. The helmets are too big. The toes are too long. The heads are too big. The helmets... Oh, everything was just almost heroic scale rather than historic scale. And they just didn't quite work. I didn't quite like them. I know some people love them, and maybe that's because they like that style more than that. And that's fine. They can like them, but they're wrong. Men at Arms with Pike are fantastic models. The I like the plastic horse models. They're just, just slight enough that they work really well. I don't like the Prince Imrahil model. Hopefully, we get a new one there. But other than that, it's a good army, the one that could be a lot of fun. And, and I'm excited that hopefully the models that I don't like 
get replaced and I can run this. This is one army I haven't run. I know Kylie from our podcast has run it quite a bit and really enjoys Dol Amroth. I will get around to it at some point, but the models were just such a barrier. I actually had the old metal horses as well and they were terrible. They're so bad. So I've got them. I haven't ever put them together. I've got them in a plastic bag. I've got them for completeness. One day I'll do them if I'm having a laugh and put them together. But for the moment, no, I just... I haven't got around to this army. I do have an infantry block because I've played some scenarios with it, but I haven't finished it just because I couldn't get through it. It was just grading on me too much. Very excited about the new releases. Hopefully they're as good as they look. Hopefully they're as good as they look. So Jake, that's an 800 point Dol Amroth, which is a good points level for it. Basically, if you're playing Dol Amroth, you're taking Prince Imrahil, or else you're just playing a standard army. If you want to play a fantastic army, take Prince Imrahil because he is fantastic. He is so good. So good. The Shire, 400 points. And we have made it to our last good army. Once again, Declan has provided the inspiration for this. He wants 400 points of Bywater Hobbits. Now, this list pretty much writes itself because there are only a certain amount of Hobbits present at Bywater. People always talk about having a Shire army. The problem with having a Shire army is that most of the things in the Shire list, well, not most of the things, some of the things in the Shire list weren't actually present and the Shire never had an army. So this is a legitimate theme, but it's only 400 points. So you can take more if you want, but it becomes a bit of a what if, which is fine if you want to play that way. That's absolutely 100% fine. But I've gone for exactly what was at the Battle of Bywater that we know of. So I'll just go through it quite quickly. Uh, in terms of leader, I haven't quite designated who it would be. Uh, it probably would be Mary Adok, I would say. I would go for him as the leader. He, he, him in the story, he and Peregrine led the Battle of Bywater. So, because they were, they had been upgraded. They were the ones who drank the ant water. They were the strong ones. They had overtaken Sam and Frodo at this point. So, Mary Adok, I think, has got a bit of extra stuff there. I think he's got the horn. So, I'll go for leader for him. He's the captain of Shire with pony and shield. So, he gets a shield option. So, of course, he's the, uh, I think the Bywater set's available again, or it was available at an event or something, or maybe it's at Warhammer World. I don't know. I've already got it, so I haven't followed that. But you can definitely get the Mariadoc, which is not based on the movie for some reason. So, you might want to do a head swap there, or just leave it. He's leading 12 Batlin Brandy Bucks. So, the Batlin Brandy Bucks are militia with an upgrade, and their upgrade is really, really good. It's strength 3. So strength three. Now the, the problem with this is this would normally be okay. You wouldn't mind it. Strength three, okay. Strength two, not a huge difference. But because there's so many axes in the Hobbit militia models, it means that you potentially have strength six Hobbits, which is absolutely ludicrous, of course. Because when you defense three, why would you not pierce against the vast majority of things? Like to be able to overtake them. I guess if you're one-on-one and you knew you are going to lose a fight, you wouldn't bother. But if you're going to win fights, getting to strength six is really, really, really good. And to be able to do it on a Hobbit, a four-point model, mm, 
I hope this changes. I really hope it changes. I, I, I've said I want to get special strikes gone altogether, but I know that's probably not going to happen because they've invested so much in the rules for them. But the piercing one is just by far the best, and it's by far the best on low defense models. So you get a massive thing. It's it's worth more than zero points, quite frankly. Worth way more than zero points. So the Battling Brownie Bucks for theme, and because... I had trouble spending all the points, actually. So every single one of Meriotic's warband were militia who got upgraded to battling Barandy Bucks. Then I have Peregrine, captain of the Shire, with a pony, of course, with 12 Tukish hunters. So he's upgraded all his Hobbit archers to Tukish hunters who have a fight value of 3, which is sheriff level. That's good. So they can match it with orcs and things, and that that's really handy. Really handy. Fight value is so valuable. So to be able to upgrade and be even with a lot of things is good. Remember the days when archers used to have shorter bows and used to be unarmed, and they've just got upgrades for free. So once again, hobbits are phenomenal. They've, they've just got upgrade after upgrade. Uh, the ponies getting knocked down and not having to pass courage test to charge things. They've just gone from strength to strength. Enjoy it while it lasts. It may not. It might. It might be. There might be the whole plan. They might want everyone to play hobbits. Who knows? Warband 3 is Samwise the Brave with Pony, of course, and he's leading the police force, 12 sheriffs. I read somewhere there's 12 sheriffs in the Shire. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I don't know if that's Tolkien's law or someone else's law, but 12 sheriffs, these ones you're basically paying for the fight 3 and for the clubs. So the clubs are really good in that you can, I think, is it stun? I think you can stun them with the clubs, and that's lowest fight value. And our final warband, the final one, last one, of course, no prize for guessing, Frodo the Nine Fingers with Pony. And I've gone for the generic ones here because everyone else was upgraded except for the sheriffs, of course. So eight militia, four hobbit archers to fill it out. And that takes me to 396 points and 52 models at 400 points, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Not a lot at 400 points that's going to stand up to this. Um, basically you're going to need some sort of tricks, maybe some monsters to break the lines, maybe a really, really strong hero that can, can hold their own. Maybe some, maybe they have to run at you. So if you've got a good shooting line, something like Dale, um, a shooting Dale army would, would take this out actually pretty well. Cause they'll be able to outshoot them. Cause they've only got the 16 only, only, only the 16 Hobbit archers compared to basically Girion, who's a machine. They could outshoot them. But other than that, I think they're in a bit of trouble. Uh, Merkled Rangers with Elf Cloaks could, could cause it a lot of trouble. But other than that, you, you're doing pretty well, this army. You're slow, really slow, but you could march. You've got a decent amount of might, but nothing to write home about. Uh, you've got decent combat, but a horde? Uh, you, you're, you're doing pretty well. Fight 4 high defense line might be able to stop this as well. Anyway, that, that's a Battle of Bywater-themed army. Notice how I haven't done Fowley Bulger, because he was in a lock hole. Haven't done Lobelia, because she was in a lock hole, I believe. Farmer Maga was off somewhere farming, I think. So they aren't included. Paladin was, I think, rustling up support, doing something else. So he doesn't show up here. So it's only those four Hobbits. So I've gone pure theme. You could probably make it more effective by dropping some of the upgrades and adding Paladin in. Extra point of might. And maybe adding Lobelia, who gives you a lot of options in terms of stuffing up courage. But that's that's how I would run it from a theme point of view. And that is all the good side. So we'll move on to the evil next.
600 points. Pat has asked me to create a 600 point Angmar army for tournaments, and I have obliged. I like making Angmar lists because there's a lot of options in that list. It's almost as many options as Mortar. Well, probably not quite, but it's got quite a bit of options and quite a bit of ways you can you put it together. The issue with the Angmar list is the, the, the shade with the Barrowites and Spectre Bubble is just so tempting that most people will, will go to that naturally, first of all. And for, with good reason. It is incredibly powerful. So I like to do different things because if I'm going to make a list, I'm going to make it differently. So I've gone for a, a Witch King era Angmar list. So I've gone for basically a... a lighter Witch King that's a, a support wraith, basically. It's Witch King of Angmar on a horse. No crown of Morgul this time, because he's not in Morgul, he's in Angmar. And he's going to have three extra might, three extra will, so 13 will altogether, and then two extra fate. So he's he's not the heaviest wraith there can be. He's 120 points, so it's a good amount, about 600 points, so 20% of it, but he can do a fair bit of things. He can fight combats if he really wants to, with some support. The issue is he doesn't have a lot of attacks. He's a good spellcaster, though, and he's a good leader with lots of might and the ability to move things around. I've gone for a an Orc Warband that I haven't really tried before, but I've wanted to do. I've got an Orc Warrior with a shield and a banner, and then I've got 11 Orc Warriors with shield and spear. So normally I keep my Orcs light, but I imagine this as being a bit more of an elite force for the Witch King. So, almost like the Moran and Orcs are later on, but just a standard Orc warband. So, I imagine using, if you can get hold of the old metal shieldmen and putting spears on them, that would look amazing. So, this is a, a an elite Orc warband that we can put down. It gives us a variation like we did with the Minas Tirith earlier on in this episode. Warband 2 is a little toy warband that, that can go down in, in small places and be annoying. It's got a Barrow White leading it, so no might. So this is a pure support warband, but it does have three Spectres and two Cave Trolls. So I put all the monsters in this warband. It does mean that they could end up being stranded in a bit of trouble, but I don't think people really want to take on a Barrow White and two Cave Trolls with a hero, because all it takes is for the Spectres, the Cave Trolls, uh, to basically surround the Barrow White so it can't be attacked first turn. If they get a charge on or something, if it's one of those randomly come on type type moves, they put a, a Boromir or something into a Cave Troll to try and kill it off, and then the Spectre paralyzes them, and suddenly you're against a Cave Troll. So, it's a pretty scary warband. It's self-sufficient, that little formation, where the enemy's probably not going to want to come near it too early, and it's got a couple, well, three Spectres and a Barrow White, so it can drag people towards it. It's a pretty nasty little warband. Then Warband 3 is just my Orc Warriors to make up the numbers, because my numbers aren't really great in this one. They're pretty good. 32 altogether I'll get to, but they're, they're not the, the heaviest army altogether, I guess. So I've got an Orc Captain with Shield, which is a good standard fighter, and then a mixture of 12 Orcs. Four of them have Bow, three of them with Shield, three of them with Spear, and two with Two-Handed Weapon for those all-important uh, attacks on the Paralyzed models. So a mixture of Orc Warriors. You can mix them how you want, really. It's not going to make a huge difference. I've got the four Bowmen just so I can do something at range when I'm really bored. But you can easily swap those out. You can go the, the standard format from, from a box set where you've got the, I think it's four four two two. So whatever you like, that's all fine. As long as you get the Metal Warriors for the Elites. That's, that's going to look really good. Or convert it up some Moranon Orcs or something might be fun as well, actually. You could you could definitely use those in some way. Maybe take off the helmets and go for plain orc heads. 
there could be some interesting some conversions there as well to make it your Angma list. So 32 models. Uh, not a huge amount, but you've got some serious power of two cave trolls, uh, a spell casting witch king, a barrow white, and three spectres. You can do a whole lot with it. Not very fast, but I'm hoping the the compels and the spectres will be able to to help out with that. Desolator of the North, one thousand points. Declan again with a request for Smaug lists from between 800 to 1,000 points. I've settled on 1,000 points because I'm not sure that I found a good way to play Smaug at 800 or that sort of event. But at 1,000, you can definitely play a Smaug as a competitive, more reliable army, I guess. Not totally relying on the scenario being in your favor. The issue with Smaug in the, is that if you take numbers, most of the scenarios will end at 50% or 25%. So you can just go attack the rest of the army and ignore Smaug and then finish the game before Smaug gets time to do anything. So that's not good. So I'm taking advantage of a loophole in the rules or an unfortunate situation where if you have exactly three units, you check to see when your army breaks. So what you do is you find out you go half rounding up. So three goes to two rounding up because that's over half because 1.5 rounds up to two. Oh, good. So you have to kill two models? No, you have to kill one more than that. So one more than that is three. So in order to break you, which is supposed to be 50%, you have to kill three models. You have three models. So you cannot be broken until all three models are dead. Okay, fair enough. Uh, 25%, you cannot get to 25% until all three models are dead. That's good as well. So basically they need to kill Smaug to stop the game. And that's the whole aim of the three models of Smaug. That's that's what you want to do. You want three or less. I'll talk about what happens when you get to two units. That's a bit of a worry. But for three models, that makes a lot of sense. So I've gone for two wraiths with it. I'm not sure about the theme here. It's almost more gamey than the theme. The wraiths were around. I don't know if the Felbeasts were around. I tried to do a bit of research on that and couldn't find out exactly um, whether they had the access to them or whether they just found them at Return of the King. I find it hard to believe they just found them at that point, but it could be the case. So, once again, I've gone I've gone for probably the best Ring Wraith, quite frankly, the Undying. The Undying has a huge amount of will that can be used as fate, and also Smell gets to do a spell whenever he feels like it. So, the Undying gets to get will back. It's a really, really good combination. But he takes up 170 points, so it leaves me only 130 points left. So I've gone for a generic Wearing Wave with Fell Beast. Now he's got two points of extra might, two points of extra will, and one point of extra fate. So he's pretty light on. So he's one that you don't want to commit on too early. Uh, two extra might's good. does really help you out. Only, what is it, nine will? So he's not going to last many turns of combat, so you, you want to be opportunistic with that. Maybe when you're planning to do a heroic combat, get him involved. Maybe just to do the odd uh, hurl or barge or anything like that that you need to, to move him around. And he's got just the one point of fate because I, I was a bit light on points, quite frankly. And I think fate's the least useful because will is your life. It's your spells. Fate's really there if you make a mistake. So I've gone a bit lower on that. You can swap him around if you want. If you want to go less will and more fate, sure, go for it. That's up to you. But that's my list. Taking advantage of the three model. What happens when you have three models? And... 
it's a pretty solid one. It's pretty scary. It's going to take a long time. So play fast, do lots of damage, make sure you brief fire with Smaug if you have to to draw the enemy. Take your time to whittle them down. Use your Wraith. The Undying's great for just doing annoying, even, um, oh, what's the one? Black Dart. Black Dart's really, really annoying if people don't want to engage because it takes a while to get going. But when it does, you're just taking out heroes for no cost to yourself. And if you've got only warriors, then your Felbis can swoop in, your Smell can swoop in and just do huge amounts of damage and, and lots of lots of hurls and all kinds of things to be annoying. So it's an army that can compete. At 1,000 points, you're going to be up against 50-plus models. So it's going to take a bit of work, but Smell can do it. The other option, I did an alternate list to this, which is probably a bit more themed, or maybe it's not. And it's it's only got two models. So I've gone for a dragon with your choice of upgrade. So this one, I've probably gone for fly just to keep up with Smaug. But you could go for other things. You could go for a second breathe fire. You could go for... Uh, I, do, I don't think Wormtongue's going to help you too much. The extra defense might help you tough and hide to survive. But I like the fly because it gives you a bit of maneuverability as well. And if someone throws a lot of models into Smaug, you can help out. If you want to go capture an objective... You can help out there, and maybe you can. That that's good enough. Maybe the the worm tongue from Smaug, compelling models off objectives. You can go perhaps win a domination. Who knows? Maybe Smaug can even go for two objectives. I don't, I'm not sure. So the the two models are basically the same as the three models in terms of breaking. So you get there, you half it, you go to one, you got to kill one more. So you got to kill two models to break it. The only issue is, of course, the games that end at fifty percent. But mm, that's okay. That, that it is what it is. It's it's a bit of a novelty list as much as anything it's one that's potentially not so fun to play against at times but like i understand i totally understand smaug is the most expensive model in the range you've gone and forked out the money to do it and it's a lovely model you want to play with it and i don't think anyone will worry too much about that we've had smaug's tournaments and no one's too worried about it tends to finish in the top half tends to get around probably top quarter maybe but never in the the top the podium so maybe you'll have better luck with that, but it just seems to be that the scenarios we choose means that there's always one or two that Smell just cannot do, and there's others that he's just dominant at. So that's okay. That, that's probably good enough for a lot of people. They, they just want to play their models. So that's all good fun. Five hundred point Beastlings. Next list is Carson asking for pure five hundred point Easterlings, so no Khan in this army. And I like making Easterling lists as well because I'm one of the the people that believes Easterlings are actually pretty good. I know that there's a lot of people that don't, and that's fine as well. But I quite like them. I think you've got some seriously good heroes. So I've done two versions of this list. The first one, I've basically... Look, Kamul, the Easterling on Felbeast, is, is the best model on the list. Like, And people argue he's not an Easterling, he's not an Easterling infantry, whatever. Felbeast are, are just phenomenal. They're so good. So good. They've got, they were good before they got upgraded to be able to barge and rend and hurl. And now they're just fantastic. So they can do everything you want to do. And Kamul's nice in that he can fight combats a lot longer than the others because of his ways to get Will back by, by killing in combat. 
So that's very, very helpful as well. He's not as good a spellcaster, but you're not really using him as that. The other thing he can do is up stats as well, which is can be useful as well. It's not as useful in the Fell Beast because the Fell Beast has better stats than some of them, but it can be can be quite good. I think the fight's the one you use because that's upping your fight. I believe he goes up to six, which is very useful. So I've got Kamul leading essentially a pike block. So I've got one Easterling Warrior with shield, pike, and banner, and 11 Easterling Warriors with shield and pike. Looking very similar to a lot of my setups now where I've just got maximum war gear on a single warband. I think in this one it's really important. You've only got two warbands. You need to be able to hold the line with something. And that's what that does. And it might even need to split up into two little smaller sections, two little lots of six, and go hold up different areas while Kamul has time to do his work. Warband 2, I've gone for the cheapest combat hero I could in an Eastling Captain with Armored Horse and Shield. It's a good, good combat model. And then I've gone for six Eastling Warriors with Bow. So we've got something to do when we're on objectives and, and to whittle down enemies and to shoot out horses and all that sort of stuff. And then six Eastling Cataphracts. So this is a pretty stock standard Eastling army. And this is probably how I would run it. The issue mainly is that we've got fight three across the board. Um, except for the Captain and Kamul. It's okay. It's competitive. It will do its job. But it's not the best way to do this. So my second list will take care of that. My second list is using the 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 Black Dragon upgrades to make sure that I'm able to do a little bit more. I end up losing a model. So I've only got 25 models here, but one model, who cares? It's not a big deal. I've gone for the same Kamul Fell Beast, but my pipe block now has seven Black Dragons throughout it. So I've got seven Black Dragon Warrior upgrades. Um, I'll do something to convert them differently, give them a banner, give them a different helmet, whatever. But they have Fight 4, and I've put them on the pike specifically because they can reach anywhere. So they can go behind the cavalry, they can go behind the bowmen, they can go things. And at this point in time... I thought, well, if we're going to go combat that way, let's drop the bowmen all together. And that's what you could do in the original list as well. So I've gone for just six Eastling Warriors with shield in the other warband and five Cataphracts. So I've lost one of the Cataphracts, which is okay, for the Black Dragon upgrade. And I've gone more of a combat bend to it. And this one's just a straight out more effective list. What it means is you may need to, if you're worried about really being outshot or being totally avoided... You may need to do the trick where you set up everything in a block for a march. You march first turn. Kamul can go a huge distance to that point. You basically go as far as you can with him. He compels a model into you, and you're fighting combat first turn. He's in combat, so he's blocked off that, and then away he goes, and, and um, he can hurl that model into the, the archers, or he can do something else, barge or, or whatever, but you basically stop yourself getting shot at. Um, that, that can be useful as well. It can be useful for catching cavalry because sometimes they're hard to catch. I could put a drum. Sorry, not a, yes, a, ward, a drum in this army for either one of them. My concern is just at 500, there's not enough in terms of numbers. So at that point, the times you need it, you might just throw away the point of might and do the march. Not ideal. Better to use it for the drum, but it just doesn't come up in all the time. So it's a good model, but it's not one that I've included at 500. 500 is very limited, and we're going for a very expensive 170 point race. So a third of your points on a single model at 500, you need to make everything else do its job.
free 800 points. So we're back to Bree. This is the long-awaited, or not so long-awaited, evil army for Bree. The 800 points to go up against Aragorn. So what have I got here? I've got four Ringwraiths. All with horses, but just for extra playability. I figure they rode in, they dismounted once they got into Bree, but give them the horses and keep them absolute budget Wraiths. So they're all identical, I believe. Each one more identical than the last. And they've got a total of... Two extra might each, so two might each, eight might, nice. Three extra will each, so ten will each, that's okay. One fate each, and a horse. So they come in at 95 points each, so they're at the, the borderline of budget rate stuff. They're still flexible, and because there's a lot of them, you can do what you like with them. Now, then I've added three extra warbands, so I've kept the numbers very similar to the good version of it. I've got uh, 43 units in total, so um, probably a bit less, I think, but we'll see what we've got. Uh, I've got a Dunlin Chieftain with Shield, a Dunlin Warrior with Banner, three Dunlin Warriors with Shield, two Dunlin Warriors with Two-Handed Weapon, and six Wildmen of Dunlin. So a mixture of evil men, some with armored, some that aren't. Warband 2 is a Dunlin Chieftain with bow, and 12 Ruffians with bow. So we've got a decent shooting list here. The Ruffians provide the shooting. They're not bad at it. And the Dunlin Chieftain can take a bow, so why not? Then, in Warband 3, I've got a Dunlin Chieftain with two-handed weapon, to keep them all different. Four Dunlin Warriors with shield, two Dunlin Warriors with two-handed weapon, and six Wildmen of Dunlin. So, change Dunlin debris, and away we go. We've got lots of men, and then some wraiths. Two-handed weapons are important here when you've got wraiths around because nothing nothing as fun as transfixing a model, going in with lots of guys, and then two-handed weapon, two-handed piercing, or whatever. So uh, that's how you're going to take down Aragorn. Aragorn's going to be a little bit scared of this, quite frankly. I think he's going to have to protect himself quite well for a little while because he's potentially copying four transfixes a turn, and he's only got three will. So there's a lot of shooting in the good side. There's ranges around. There's a lot of might. But then there's a lot of magic in this side, so it could be a, an interesting game. And the troops are basically just pretty bad on both sides. The evil ones are actually more powerful than the good ones. So it could be a very interesting matchup. I, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I will play it out. I've got all the models to play it out. So at some point, I'll play this out. I always say that whenever we do a Brie one, and I think we've still got a Brie episode somewhere. somewhere. I don't know. It, maybe it's gone. But this is definitely something to play around with. And 800 points is quite a bit. So we've got room to move. And this is a good way to do themed points match games. So if you don't have the models for a scenario, you're essentially making your own. You start with this, you theme them without the same points, you go for some thematic objectives and you play it out and then you modify it if you need to add more or make it harder or something like that. So that, that's an army that I'm a bit excited about. Moria, 600 points. Pat has asked me for a tournament Moria army with Ashrak, some spiders and some bats. And this is something that I, I look forward to. I like writing these lists. They're good lists to write. They've got lots of stuff to do, lots of choices. And with the Moria Goldmage, you get to take lots and lots of fun things. 
So 600 points, I've gone for, I got a total of 36 models, which is pretty good. Once, my thought is basically one model per per 20. Once you, if you get more than that, you've got a lot of models. Well, maybe not a lot, but you, you're moving towards that. If you've got less than that, you've got a very elite army. So 36 is approaching sort of one per 13 points, which is pretty good. I've gone for a couple warbands to start with. I've got Druzag, the Beast Caller, which I imagine will be the leader. He's the most expensive character. He's 90 points, which is a lot, but what he can do to the spiders and bats and things is so, so good. The Enraged Beast, that for a potential cost of a wound, you basically turn them into some sort of killing monster that can go and kill heroes is really, really good. It means heroes are scared to charge the the spiders and things when they've got priority because you could just cast a spell and enrage them. Make sure you don't throw away your last will easily. I know that you might have the Fury up. I wouldn't even bother with the Fury with him, quite frankly. I will just use it all in Rage Beast and hold off for that bluff because it does really save you and it scares them off. So, of course, he has to have some beasts. So, he's got uh, a Bat Swarm and two Venomback Spiders. Venomback Spiders get to reroll all wounds, which are really good for two extra points. Um, you can only take them if you take Ashrak, but I'm taking Ashrak, so you know that. Then we've got four Prowlers of two-handed weapon, and then two Gundabad Black Shields and two Black Shields... No, sorry, I lie. Three Black Shields with Spear. So nice little tough warband. The next warband has got Ashrak, uh, a Bat Swarm, four Prowlers again of two-handed weapon. I do like the Prowlers. They're, they're really good. Two Gundabad Black Shields and two Gundabad Black Shields with Spear. So I've gone for the Elite Goblins here. I figure that with Spiders and things, oftentimes my Goblins are just going to be holding models up where the Spiders do all the work on the flank. So I've gone for the toughest of the tough Goblins I could find. Once again, the Venomback Spiders as well. Now at this point, I should probably talk about Ashrak a little bit. Ashrak's one of those models that was around for just a little while. He's basically a Shaman-level Goblin. So he just looks like that at the moment, but he's got a special rule called Death Touch. Death Touch means that any model who wounds or is wounded by Ashrak in a fight, so wounds or is wounded by, which is massive, rolls a d6. On a 4+, plus, they are paralyzed, as exactly as if they failed to reach the paralyzed magic power spell. You could put this guy forward, and big models don't want to take him on, because there's a chance to get paralyzed, which is the strongest magic power in the game. So that's fantastic that's worth it in itself just to be able to throw this goblin at something else in front of their big model and dare them dare you to wound them he's not the leader who cares or you wound them and then you're in trouble so so this is a guy that goes in combat he's only got three will he's got two powers he's got a fury so this is the goblin fury which may be worth casting and he's got transfix which may be worth casting fury's there fury's good it's going to help out your gundabads a little bit um, basically just for the courage, really. You don't care about the, the roll to save. It'll happen maybe once a game if you're lucky. I would not throw a point of might at it. You don't have a lot of might in this army. Save it. But yeah, he's a good good combination to, to Druzag. He also keeps Druzag around because he's a goblin. So that's good as well because you don't want Druzag to be running away. He's only courage four, which is good for goblin, but still not great overall. So that that is very handy. Now, I've also got another warband here. And, of course, it comes from the, the Dark Denizens of Mirkwood list, which doesn't need a hero, so I don't have a hero. 
I've taken the option to have 10 models in the warband so I can take any combination of spiders and felwags and bats and all that sort of stuff. But I've kept it pretty simple. I've gone for four Merkwood spiders and six felwags. Now, this warband, if you want to be as nasty as you can, you can actually chop into three different warbands. Merkwood spiders need warbands of two to be as minimum. So you could put two Merkwood spider warbands and then Falwags need six, so six Falwags. So I've kept it as just one warband just for writing the list. But honestly, I don't see why you wouldn't put it as three warbands. I guess it depends on your scenario pack. If you never have to alternate warbands, you can probably just put it together as one. If you've got a lot of scenarios where people come on as a warband, you might want to put them on together. But most of the time, you probably want to split them up into three different warbands. So by all means, do that. I've just kept them as one here. But it means that I've got an extra 10 models. Every one of them can be enraged. So the idea is that I've maximized the amount of enraging models as possible. And I've still got a lot of models. And then I've got some little goblins to go plug in the gap. So it's a scary looking army. I think it's a good way of doing the... the traditional Mori of Beast Spider Army, which a lot of people want to play, but they don't get quite right. I think this is a good way of doing it. I think the Falwags help because of their, they don't need line of sight. So if a spider or a bat goes and charges something, blocks it off, uh, that you're all good. You've got the bat swarms. You've got you've got lots of killing power. Spiders are so good at killing, and the Venom back ones especially. Rerolling wounds when you've got strength of, I think it's five, is really, really good. I like it. I want to play that. Do I have all the models? Yes, I do. I will play that. I'll have a go at this list. 600 points. I haven't done a lot of, but I'll definitely try it out. It looks fun. Moria. 500 and 700. So Nick has asked me to do two lists, 500 and 700 for Moria, which include Black Shields, Goblins, and Marauders. So why wouldn't I include those? They're all good things, so I'm happy to include those in the list. I've got a 500 version of it and then a 700 version of it, basically building off the same foundation. So that's that's probably what I consider when people ask me to do two different points levels. They're probably using the same collection. It takes a long time to make an army, so why wouldn't you use the same base? So let's go for the 500 points. Now, 500 points of goblins, when you've got goblins, can be huge. So the last one, remember, was only 36 models. Only. 36 models. This one, we got 48 at 500 points. 100 less points, and we've gone up to 48 models. This is a swarm and a half. So this is teach you how to use a swarm. It's scary to face just by numbers. We've got Durbis, the goblin king of Moria, as the leader. Good, solid solid leader like he's he's just a little bit better than a captain he's got six moro goblins with shield and six with spear so just a little shield wall warband two is a gundabad black shield captain so the gundabad black shield captain i quite rate it's really good he could also be the leader as well but i've gone for durbus because he's got a name a moro goblin warrior with shield or goblin with spear just probably because the points didn't work out and then we've got four black shields and four black shields with spear. So I like these black shields in his warband. And then there's a couple hanger-ons. I yeah, could turn him into whatever. 
We've got a Moria Goblin Captain with Shield leading the same warband as Durbus. Six Goblins with Shield, six with Spear. So another Shield Wall uh, with a Captain. And then our final one is a Goblin Shaman, which is good. I tend not to use it because anything that you really need Fury against tends to sap your will. But I know that it's a big staple in the Goblin list. So I put one in. And then it's got eight Goblin Warriors with Orc Bow and then two Wag Marauders. So a little warband which gives you the chance to use the Wag Marauders, gives you a chance to convert up the two of them. And here's your Bowfire. So you've got some Bowfire on the Wag Marauders. You've got them on your bows if you need it. But the Wag Marauders are really good at combat. So by all means, use them in combat. It's a horde. It will teach you how to use goblins really well. Yeah, it's a good fun list and, and slow moving except for the Wag Marauders. But you've got lots of models. We move up to the 700 version. So the 700 version is very similar. We've only gone up to 51 models. So three extra models for 700 points. But I have added some really uh, powerful stuff to this, basically. So you think when you only add three models, you're not going to to have a whole bunch extra. What I've done here, I've taken... Derbus's Warband is the same. Warband 2 of the Black Shield Captain now has a Black Shield Drum Team. So that's 100 points. It is so good. The Goblin Drums are really, really good. The Black Shield ones are better. So I've taken that. gives you rerolls basically across the whole battlefield. 18 inches. So really, really good. And Neg Courage to your opponent, plus Courage to you, that helps. Even though you have the Shaman, it still helps. Because if Fury's not guaranteed, it's not the whole battlefield and in this warband now there's five gundabad black shields and five gundabad black shields with spears so it's a proper gundabad black shield warband now it's what it should be the mori goblin captain warband's the same the shaman is now leading only six mori goblins with orc bows so they've been downgraded but he's got the upgrade of having five wag marauders now so you get to really see what they do five five of them nasty they're, they're powerful. They're really, really powerful. Three attacks, four on the charge. They do their job really, really well. So you've got basically the same army, but with a lot more power, a lot more reliable. Every infantry gets better with the drum, and then the Wag Marauders get scarier. So enjoy this, Nick. Hopefully you get that done, and then you can play around it at both points level with not a lot of difference in the models. I like that. Carried 600 points. Pat's request for Harrod is to have a Harrod, basically a Harrod themed list. So no, no Mahood, no Corsairs. Stick to Harrod. And I certainly will. The standard Harrod we've been playing a lot lately has been with a Fell Beast in there. I've avoided that, but let me just say it is a really, really, really good option. So having Magic Support is really good. At 600, I've gone against it. And I think I've got a pretty good list, quite frankly. So what I've gone here is a, a mixture of cavalry and infantry. So it's a good-looking cavalry infantry list led by Saladan, the Serpent Lord, on horse with a bow. So I've paid the extra points for a bow just for something for him to do if he's not in combat. 
He leads a small warband with one raider with bow and war spear, one raider with bow and banner, and three serpent riders. Serpent riders are the fight four versions of them. Uh, you might have the models, Pat, I'm not sure, but people tend to convert them up. I know that um, Andrew at Masters had his where he put the back banners on just the Serpent Riders and changed their heads over to the Numenorean heads. And that, as you could tell them apart really well um, compared to the, the Raiders that he didn't put the back banners on. I know I've got the actual models, so I've got the back banners on everyone uh, except the old metal ones. Warband 2 is another small warband. A Haradrim Chieftain with Horse and War Spear. And then I've got two Harajim Raiders with War Spear, so they've got the bows, and four Harajim Raiders with... Bow. No, sorry, I lied. They don't have bows because I didn't say they've got bows. And then I've got four Harajim Raiders with bow and War Spear. So some bows, some not bows. I'm taking advantage of the fact that I can have 50% bows, but there's two small, powerful cavalry warbands. And then I've got my infantry. I've got two identical warbands. I've got one with Harajim Chieftain Bow Spear, and then six Harajim Warriors of Spear, six Harajim Warriors of Bow, and then I've duplicated that. So good, solid infantry, half bow, so they can shoot, and they're hard to get through in combat. There's a lot of them. So having 39 units at 600 points is pretty good, especially with all that cavalry. So it's a good, solid, fun playlist. Um, I've only got the the Serpent Riders in with Saladin, so I don't have a lot of Fight 4, so three of them's okay, but it's still good, and you can play to play play a fun game with that. I think that's good. Four four chieftains, four warbands, two of them small cavalry warbands. Good fun to play, good all round, lots of shooting, poison. It's a good list. Corsairs, 600 points. So this is our last list for this episode. Sebastian's asked for his evil tournament list and given me absolute free range to make something. So it's, it's a lot harder to do when you've got free range to come up with something. So I've gone through a Corsair list that I've tried to, to basically add a bit of power to. I don't know if I've done the best job of it. Um, I could probably play around with it just a little bit. Yeah. So I've got this list. It's a little bit of a Corsair theme list with some Harajim Warriors in there. Uh, so basically an Umbar list. Uh, it's tried to be a bit optimal. I've got 39 models in 600 points, so I've got a good amount of models. I've got Dalamir, the Fleet Master of Umbar, leading it. So he's got that little cheeky smoke bomb transfix, and he's a powerful killer. Uh, hard to kill as well. It's hard to kill Hisharan type models. He's leading a, the all-star sort of Harrod list. He's got three Corsairs of Umbar with shield, three Corsairs with spear. I like the Corsairs of Umbar with fight four and throwing weapons. They're really handy. Two Reavers, which are phenomenal. Fight five, two attacks. I've resisted the urge to just go all Reavers because we know that list. Just take as many Reavers as possible. And if you want to be super dirty, throw a shade there. He's This is the... the, the um, the dodgy part, I guess, the, the cheeky part. I've gone for some slave trolls. So we've got f three half trolls of Far Harrod and one half troll of Far Harrod with a two-handed weapon. So <laughs> half trolls. Half trolls are really good. You've got some terror. You've got two attacks. You've got five, five. You've got defense six for some reason. And they're just really, really powerful and hard to move. Two wounds. So they become really nasty. So I've, I've crammed them into the list. I've got a Corsair captain with crossbow in my next list warband 
I've got a Harajimori with Spear and Banner. So this is a cheeky way to get the Banner because I haven't taken the Bosun because I wanted to maximize my Might because I've already got Delamere, so I don't want another hero that's low in Might. So instead of taking the Harajimori with Banner, and then I've taken a few more of them just to justify that. So three Harajimori with Spear, three Corsairs of Umbar with Spear and the Throwing Weapons, of course, a Reaver, and four Corsair Arbalisters. So we've got some crossbows. The Reaver's basically there. He hides away, and then when the Fight 4 Captain comes in, he goes and helps out. Warband 3 is very similar. I've got the Corsair Captain with Crossbow again. I've got four Haradrimorias with Spear this time, no Banner one. I've got the three Corsairs with Spear, a Corsair Reaver, and four Corsair Arbalisters as well. So once again, good shooting. So it's a good all-round list. All the Warbands are able to act on their own. They're also, they can fight, they can shoot, they can do a lot of things. You can shield the Arbalesters if you want. You can use them as a defense six wall and hide everyone behind because they're nice and small. And then you've got the half trolls as your other one. So you can do this little column where you go ranks behind and everyone hides behind defense six models, which is pretty good in a Corsair list, which is defense four in a lot of places. So pretty powerful at 600 points. I think it's a bit of a jack of all trades. It's not particularly fast. But that's okay. It doesn't need to be. It's got the, it's got the throwing weapons. It's got the shooting to to drag people forward. It's got a banner. It's a, it's got high fight. It's a good list. So that's the list in terms of my theming. Yeah, it's not as themey as I usually do that. But that's okay. You can do little stories behind it. What people often do with this is they get the collection of units and then they go and convert the ones that are odd ones out and try and tell a part of the story. So they convert the Harajan warriors into being like. Corsair elites or something like that, or pirate masters or or something like that, and then the half trolls they'll put some chains around them and have them as slave half trolls, and they they'll say that the theme came first and then the army list, which is possible but unlikely, and away they go. And you can do that if you want. I I don't begrudge anyone that, and I've probably done similar things at tournaments before. Um, it's a good good fun for conversions, but yeah, it's an optimized list essentially. It's good fun. Um. Yeah, it's it's a scary list to play against and, and fun to play with, I guess. You can play against it. There are ways to get more Arbalesters in, but I thought that the 10 of them is enough with two captains and two crossbows pointing different ways. That's oh, Sorry, four crossbows in each warband. That's going to be pretty scary. Enjoy. That brings us to the end of our list episode, the second one we've done. The first one took me two episodes to get through it. This one, only the one episode. It's taken me a long time to get through them. Once again, it takes a bit of work. I'm happy if people want to just contact me about lists in general. Just send them in and I'll give some ideas. I'm happy to do that. I know that it's useful for people starting out. Um, I'm also happy to put them on episodes as well if you can be patient and wait and share them with other people. I look forward to when we get new additions and new rules to make some as well. So contact me if you need to and enjoy. Remember, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.